This podcast covers sensitive topics. Content warnings can be found in the description. Also, we talk about TV shows, so consider this your spoiler warning. Procedural generation. Hello and welcome to Procedural Veneration, an untrue crime podcast where we talk about, rate, and goof on all the crime procedurals you've watched way too many times. As always, I'm your co-host Daphne. And I'm your co-host Hank. Evil laugh uh, necessary. Necessary for criminal minds. Yeah, for I'm, criminal I'm an unsub. Woo. Oh no! We have an, sir, is this unsub in the room with us right now? <laughs> Using our highly scientific evaluation system, we will weave our way through the dark back alleys and dirty crime scenes to definitively answer the questions. One, which crime procedural is the best? And two, how many spinoffs of popular procedurals are we willing to sift through? I often am stuck up at night wondering the question when will we revisit the csi verse uh when will we stop i think is the question that haunts you <laughs> yeah i think that's fair <laughs> when will we stop uh thinking about the csi verse <laughs> when will we watch csi immortality not today how could we have possibly done ted Danson so dirty by having a three episode setup and then not watching any of his episodes exactly so today as hank has kind of already mentioned we're looking at a favorite Hank and me. Uh, it's Criminal Minds. Near and dear to Daphne and me, it was an early bonding experience in our relationship that we both watched Criminal Minds. We watched so much of it. We watched a lot of Criminal Minds, including <laughs> uh, the entirety of the season that we pulled two episodes from. <laughs> yeah. So a little awkward there that we have fully watched those episodes again. But it's fine because I didn't really remember them. I, I definitely remembered a lot of those episodes. <laughs> So this is a procedural that we've seen nearly every episode, though it starts to get a little more sure towards the end seasons. I don't know where technically we stopped watching. I think I Maybe think 10? we haven't seen 14 and 15. 14, 15, yeah. We actually got a DVD set from the library and then watched like 75% of it and then stopped watching. Yeah. No, that I, I don't even think I don't think we ever actually finished that season. Yeah. But it premiered in 2005. It has 16 seasons and 334 episodes at the time of recording. Um, and it's actually still ongoing. Yep. It got canceled after the 15th season. Okay. But it's back, baby. And for whatever reason, they decided to, one, it's still Criminal Minds. And it is the 16th season of Criminal Minds. But they're calling it Criminal Minds Evolution. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun too much on my discussions of it. But I actually really like what they did. I think it works really well. But we'll, we'll talk about it's it. It's also a weird flex. It is a. It's very strange and like kind of high concept for what was essentially a, you know, murderer of the week series <laughs> that didn't really get super in depth. Yeah, but the general premise of the show is that it follows a large cast of lovable criminal profilers who work for the FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit. BAU. The BAU. Which sounds like a university. <laughs> it's it's also kind of reflective. I mean, Monster of the of the Week, right? It, it is reflective of that concept where, where the villains are very mysterious and often sort of portrayed in almost a supernatural light when you see them doing things to victims, right? The concept is about mental illness a lot. Uh, and so it sort of portrays things in a not quite normal light more often than not right yeah though there is some absolutely dark and bizarre serial killer oh, there are some really dark ones yeah. the darkest ones are when you're in fully in the perception or the reality of the unsub or the victim or the victim yeah depending on who's getting it worse <laughs> yeah my definite um preference is the ones where you don't see any of the <laughs> point of view of the victim or the unsub for the most part, and you're just kind of like watching them solve the mystery because God, does it get real messed up real fast? I don't know. I think that's like one of the pillars of the show. You get like the messed up assailant unsub victim interaction, 
the uh, one of the other pillars being the ensemble cast, which is quite good, and then the third pillar being Spencer Reed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, something important to know is when we say unsub, that's what they call their um... unidentified subject, I believe, rather than like perp or uh, yeah. suspect because they're cool. Yeah, because they're the behavioral analysis unit. They refer to it all in terms of profiling and finding out what makes the unsub tick. Yeah, they're not like other criminal investigation team. <laughs> Hank, I thought that I would ask you for any highlights or examples you'd have or you'd like to breeze through real quick about some uh, messed up episodes. There is an episode where James Vanderbeek has adopted his abusive father now who's now dead's personality and then he gets spencer reed matthew gay goobler's character the best character in this show addicted to heroin so that's a, yeah. that's a pretty good one that's yeah seared like he, into my memory he kidnaps him and repeatedly injects him with heroin until he's yep. addicted to it yep and then after and then he makes the him end, dig his own grave <laughs> yeah he makes him dig his own grave and then the episode ends with spencer picking up the heroin off of his corpse after he's been shot and then sneaking away with it the episode also features the song uh, The Funeral by Band of Horses. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Along with like an episode of How I Met Your Mother and every episode of television that came out in that year. <laughs> uh, the one that stays with me, I, re- I actually really like that episode. I think it's a really it's a good, good episode. Um, one that I don't think is a good episode and I can't stress that you should never watch is well. there's the one where a dude kidnaps people and then makes them into living human puppets. Brad Dourif, Grima Wormtongue himself, kidnapping people breaking every joint in their body to turn them into living human-sized marionettes yeah huntington west virginia native brad dorif who i constantly believe to have died incorrectly he is still alive fingers crossed that he is still alive when this comes out um but can't get away from him because he's constantly in my head with that awful awful marionette episode yeah so if you have like I like Criminal Minds. Do not watch that episode. <laughs> if you and it's like you don't really know what's happening through most of it until later on because it's one of the ones where you see it through Brad Dourif's eyes and he's just like playing in a like dollhouse. So if you see Brad Dourif in a Criminal Minds episode, skip that Run. episode. <laughs> it's haunting. Anywho, um, Criminal Minds is actually famous for killing Mandy Patinkin's passion for TV acting. <laughs> Um, brutal he called his choice to do criminal minds his quote biggest public mistake and stated that he quote thought it was something very different i never thought they were going to kill and rape all these women every night every day week after week year after year it was very destructive to my soul and my personality after that i don't think i would get to work in television again (laughs) end quote Early Criminal Minds is a lot more sexual assault heavy than later Criminal Minds I think yeah I like it, it was it felt feels like it's every other episode early on and then the later seasons they're like let's just make them into puppets. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just like do messed up body horror and murder stuff. That seems to to make people less queasy. Although I don't like I don't necessarily <laughs> think, uh, Mandy would have been happier if it was just a bunch of child murders. <laughs> yeah. Or the puppet episode probably would have yeah. haunted Mandy. I don't remember exactly when the puppet episode is maybe mandy was still around no no he was not that okay was, no. um mandy patinkin i believe is there for like the first two maybe two and a half seasons yeah that's what i, I think and unceremoniously uh killed off off screen in like the sixth season in like season five or something yeah. and then the team has to solve his murder but you never see mandy but they didn't get mandy patinkin to act as like the corpse or anything so it's just like under a sheet and they're like they just talk about gideon the whole time it's kind of sad yeah it's kind of sad <laughs> They really did Mandy Patinka dirty. And they really I, did. Mandy Patinka's got a point. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I, I stand his opinion. Because, um, I I mean, that's what we felt like watching SVU. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, and I, what? I can't tell you how Criminal Minds is different, but it is. Yeah. I do think that the fun cast keeps it easy to, like, keep watching for the yeah. most part. Um, even if the episodes do get really dark. So some highlights of the cast, specifically... For people, if you haven't seen Criminal Minds, you might know who some of these people are. Would be, of course, Mindy, Mandy Patinkin, mm-hmm. Matthew Gray Goobler, mm-hmm. Joe Mantegna, yeah, Shamar Moore, Aisha Tyler, yep. Jennifer Love Hewitt, mm-hmm. and the list goes on. But those are some highlights. Um, part of the reason this list is so long is because the core cast changes very frequently throughout the yep. show, especially the role of what we like of how we refer to as the brunette. <laughs> Hey, I actually have a whole section of okay, about the that. brunette. <laughs> but 
throughout the show, I'll, I'll just briefly summarize yeah, real quick. It. JJ is blonde. She's one of the main characters. I think she's in it pretty much the whole show. And then there is one other woman on the team to begin with. And it's, and they, she rotates a lot. <laughs> that's basically it. But it's, that's, yeah. well, Jennifer Love Hewitt comes in as the, uh, brunette replacing Paget Brewster, I believe. Some as apprentice uh, does last for leaps and bounds longer than anyone else and does come back too. So. Yeah. Penelope Garcia, who's played by Kristen Vaness, who we stand. She's pretty cool. She's very cool. Um, who uh her character Penelope Garcia is the quirky hacker lady. A little repetitive, but she's the she's only fun. character that's present for almost the entire show. Yep. Uh she has the most credited episodes, with the second being Matthew Gray Goobler and the third being um aj cook who plays jj really transformed that name huh yeah so this brings me to my conspiracy theory okay this show has drama attached to it hank and i know this because we watched parts of criminal minds as it came out and are familiar with some of the behind the scenes shenanigans that took place that changed the show's one characters and two plot (laughs) yeah i mean we we were watching when the big thing happened yeah i remember watching the episode that came out after the big thing happened anyway yeah However, Wikipedia and IMDb seem to be scrubbed of anything bad to say about production, even though stuff for sure happened. So this is my conspiracy theory. I'm watching all of you. Um, Someone went in and removed any mention of bad stuff about Criminal Minds. Like a play to get Hotchner into the new season or something? I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) we'll talk about it. So my exhibit one. Of okay. stuff that happened that the Wikipedia article should almost, and IMDb, should absolutely talk about, but does not. Yeah. One is the firing of Thomas Gibson, a.k.a. Yeah. Special Agent Aaron Hotchner. So all it says on Wikipedia is that he was fired after an onset altercation with a writer-producer and that he had had a previous incident with an assistant director that caused him to enroll in anger management courses. Now, that is not to be found on the Criminal Minds Wikipedia page is only to be found in a very small section on Thomas Gibson's Wikipedia page. (laughs) Meanwhile, if you do just a little bit of Googling, it becomes clear that allegedly Gibson had a history of having a short fuse um, and generally wasn't that much of a joy to have on set. Um, He was the main character. He was the main character, objectively. (laughs) Like, they they don't really have a main character that isn't Hotchner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so he had an incident of shoving someone on set, which was the first major incident. Then he got a DUI that meant Oof. the staffers had to drive him to shoots, who he already wasn't, you know, on bad terms with. Right. Um, and this is on top of generally causing friction on set with him and Shinmar Moore specifically having a lot of beef. Um, and the final straw was that he allegedly kicked the writer producer and then got fired. Yeah. So there's a lot more dramatic than the Wikipedia. It was made it seem very dramatic too. There was like, and it was like the time that point in the internet where people were just willing to excuse any behavior from the person that they liked. <laughs> so there was constant scrabbling for excuses and reasons that Hotchner could stay on Criminal Minds. Yeah, if you're an adult, even like if you're a person, right? I, I will say kids get some passes because you know they don't understand. But like, if you hit people, that's not okay. <laughs> you know like in general but then like especially at like your place of work yeah you go around hitting people you disagree with yeah a professional hitting people and or threatening people. physical violence in any yeah. way unacceptable not good unacceptable yeah. but also not wikipedia page worthy i guess yeah definitely not worth putting in the wikipedia page uh of the incident shamar moore said quote i'll just say this i believe in karma good things happen to good people honest people hard-working people Humble people. People who believe in basic goodness. Treat people how you expect them to treat you. Celebrate yourself and celebrate your blessings, as you should. But just know that you're not better than anybody. End quote. Okay, Shamar Moore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this was a major cast change, major plot change, because yeah. he had to throw him into witness protection. Yeah. Which, I believe he has a very bad history with witness protection after his... That his character's wife is murdered out of witness. <laughs> yeah. Um, no mention of this on the Wikipedia page. Yep. That's my exhibit one. Exhibit okay. two, the brunette and or generic woman character. Criminal- that, seemed, that seemed unfair. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Criminal Minds has the issue 
um, where there's like a rotating cast of like the woman profiler with brown hair. <laughs> um, though sometimes it's not just brown hair. Um, so every couple of seasons, the women that weren't the quirky IT lady would get switched out for like someone else. I have a quote here from the depths of AJ Cook's Wikipedia page, who has been in the third most Criminal Minds episodes. Something to keep in mind. Beginning in, so uh, she started in 2005, right? Which is the first season as Jennifer Durow or JJ. In 2010, it was announced that her contract would not be picked up for season six uh, due to budget cuts on the show. Uh, But she now finished up her storyline only because a bunch of people wrote like letters to the show's producers. Otherwise, she would not have finished up any of her crap. They would have just said, sucks to be you. And then she returned once when um, Peggy Brewster left. The former executive producer of Criminal Minds, Ed Bernero, later claimed that CBS executives called him one day and asked him to get rid of both Cook and Brewster. <laughs> Brewster also mentioned in a separate interview that someone from CBS called Bernero and said they wanted, quote, new women. Oh my God. Which led to their firing. She said that it was not due to budget cuts as their replacement was paid twice what they were paid. Jesus Christ. In 2011, she was brought back, but then essentially, this is uh, AJ Cook was brought back, Yeah. but then essentially had to go on strike with her other women co-stars in 2013 because they were getting paid less than half of what Matthew Gray Goobler and Shamar Moore were getting paid. Uh, which if you think about it once again. Shamar Moore believes in karma though. <laughs> A.J. Cook is in third most episodes. Yeah. Right. And uh, this is also a pros- problem for uh, Kirsten Van Ness, who's in the most episodes. Right. Yeah. And they're getting paid show half some, of their male co-stars. Show Less some than half. goddamn cojones and sol- class solidarity. Shamar Moore, Matthew Gray Googler calling you out. Mandy wouldn't have let this happen. Exactly. Yeah. Mandy would be on the freaking he's actively on the freaking picket line 100% been the highest paid for the longest but absolutely (laughs) we can speculate but i not a guarantee no we're just making shit up um but apparently this is a pattern for cbs because the female cast members the big bang theory had to do the same thing around the same time as they were also getting paid less than half of what their male co-stars were yeah i I, from the context of big bang theory too of Starting out with no female characters, bringing them in, making them super important, and still not paying them. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, guys. And then also, like, for me, I know that there's, like, a little room to be like, oh, Shamar Moore and Matthew Gray Goobler have their own, like, draw, right? Because they were, like, famous in other things before they, like, came to Criminal Minds. Like, whatever. I think that's still dumb reasoning. I honestly don't even know if that's true for Matthew Gray Goobler. Like, what was he in? (laughs) Uh, 500 Days of Summer. As, as like a friend or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's a very good excuse, but that's like something, right? You could say. Um, but I feel like with Big Bang Theory, it's like, what? why? Like, why? Are they getting paid less than half of their male co-stars? Yeah, I mean, people in Big Bang Theory made ridiculous amounts of money, too. <laughs> I'm g- glad women got some of that bag, but. Anywho, once again, no mention of any of this in the Criminal Minds Wikipedia page. Yeah, of course not. And then as a note, while I was researching this, I found a Reddit post asking uh, people how much they thought each character makes in Criminal Minds and speculating on, like, Aaron Hotchner, the character's annual take-home, which I thought was very They funny. all must make, like, at least 120K, uh, maybe more than that. They all have, like, houses and Yeah, hey, the point area. is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. <laughs> They're made up. Yeah, Their jobs right. are made up. No, I, did, I did find myself curious because of Shamar Moore's house. <laughs> In the one episode that we watched, <laughs> how much they make, but yeah. But I wrote classic Reddit. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Trying to start a discussion and speculation about this random inane detail. <laughs> <laughs> and classic Hank <laughs> agreeing with them and and <laughs> discussing it. Yeah, Reddit blindly. has poisoned your brain. Yeah, Reddit's poisoned my brain. It'd be like that sometimes. So in conclusion, I think someone has scrubbed the Criminal Minds Wikipedia page of all bad things. Um, and it's truly one of the worst Wikipedia. It's really one Wikipedia. of the <laughs> yeah. Truly, it is one of the worst Wikipedia pages for a procedure I've looked at so far. Yeah. It's such weird and sparse information. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say about that. And I'm sorry for how long we've been talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, should we round up our our thoughts on Criminal Minds based on solely 100% just the three episodes we watched and not the hundreds of episodes we've seen other than those? 
Yeah, I think we should. Um, okay. Though important to keep in mind that we have our rules, uh, but it's our podcast. We break yeah. Our rules if we don't break Disclosure, them. my opinion is mostly built on the fact that I really like this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, you want to go ahead? Yeah, so I said uh, I give it an 8.6. And look, I don't have a good reason as to why it's not just torture porn. Right? Like, at base level, Nobody does. it's torture porn. Right? Uh, but it's so charming and addictive and haunting, and I just love it. <laughs> and that's all. I can't defend myself anything any more than that. But uh, it is still a delight. I did actually kind of somewhat base this around what we watched because we watched Criminal Minds Evolution, the 16th season of the revamp or whatever. Uh, we watched the first episode, I should say. And because that takes such a hard pivot I it made me like the show more honestly. Criminal Minds was like a show that I really liked a while ago, but I was like, I don't think I'll ever really go back to this. And now having watched the first episode of Evolution, I'm like, oh yeah, this is kind of good. Um, so I gave it an eight point two because still it's I I <laughs> torture porn. Um, literally, there's like saw elements of one of the episodes that we watched. Yeah, and um, that's not uncommon. Sometimes I don't like gore, right? Yeah. Um, and there are certain. Criminal Minds episodes, which if I were to rewatch Criminal Minds, I would just skip the episode yeah. because they'd be like, I don't. It's not even that. It's just like I don't like torture porn. <laughs> Criminal Minds is like a trigger heavy show. Like, oh yeah, it's if if the topic of the episode is, it, it's never handled in a way that isn't triggering. I don't think right. Yeah. So it's not really a bingeable show for people who uh, don't want to experience, you know, triggers of trauma or just general right yeah and it's pretty much any traumatic topic you could think yeah, of pretty much kind of gets thrown in there it, if they're not heavy content wise they're psychologically heavy because of like just what the people on screen are going through so it could be both like the crimes themselves and then it can also be like uh the character's personal struggle yeah like what they're they're dealing with. often interwoven because that's how writing works yeah very trigger heavy show. Um, I don't know how we binged like we used to binge like seasons of it. At a yeah, time. I got in like a malaise after watching those yesterday. I was like, I need to just be outside for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is weighing on me. Yeah. But I'm gonna circle back really quick because what they did with evolution is basically before Criminal Minds had, you know, through through line arcs like any other procedural through the that are given like maybe 15 minutes tops an episode when it's like important. And then at, at at some point, one of the crimes will tie in with the arc and then it'll conclude, right? But Criminal Minds Evolution seems to be setting up more of an ongoing mystery, too, in terms of the perpetrator behind all of these serial killers. It also, I think, kind of uses... it. Criminal Minds ended right before COVID. And then this is picked up in 2022 or 2023 i don't know when yeah. evolution started i think i think it was last last year yeah calen- normal calendar for shows yeah season 17 comes out soon yeah um so w- with that in mind they kind of use covid nicely as a na- both a narrative device and to kind of transform the show because all of them have basically been split up and trying to work independently on cases and on like on on remote and they all kind of hate it and then I think in the finale of Criminal Minds, Garcia retires the the tech wizard and her replacements are all virtual and they don't know them, know them at all. <laughs> um, so it's just sort of like hitting on some things that are interesting threads while transforming the show was really well done. And I don't know, it kind of had me enticed. Yeah, absolutely. So I only have too many games since I knew that we were going to talk a lot <laughs> yeah. at the beginning. Uh, so let's do trivia. Okay. Um, so I have one actual trivia question and then four trivia questions that are pulled directly from the FAQ section of IMDb. I don't I can't even conceptualize what kind of what I'm in for based yeah. on that. So we're just gonna have to go ahead. Um so my first trivia question is who is in more episodes, Mandy Patinkin or Jennifer Love Hewitt? I think Jennifer Love Hewitt is there for two or three seasons. And I think Mandy Patinkin is there for two seasons and change. I somewhat remember him kind of unceremoniously just like vanishing. So it seems like he left mid-production or something. I'm going to say Jennifer Love Hewitt. The answer is actually Mandy Patinkin. 
Damn it. <laughs> so he was in 51 episodes, which seems high to me. Oh, yeah, that is. That is I mean, that, that's two seasons and change. So. Yeah. And Jennifer Love Hewitt was only in 23 episodes. Okay. She well, was one of the random brunette women. Yeah, she was. But she, I thought she was in two seasons. Maybe she was in two shorter seasons or something. Yeah, it's possible. There's like a period in Criminal Minds where like the arcs are just absolutely They're awful. whack. It's like Jennifer Love Hewitt's time too. Yeah, it's like they have these overarching like whole season threads, but they're like not interesting. They're just weird. Yeah. And you're like, can we stop talking they really, about this? They really try to make this one villain who I, I think... I don't remember. What, I think he gassed foster kids and made them kill their foster parents. I don't remember yeah, exactly. Like that. Uh, they really tried to make him like have this ensemble of like evil, his cabal of escaped prisoners who they've encountered before, and it just doesn't work. It's no. like their attempt at like what they did what was seemingly well with evolution, uh, but it was not ready and undercooked. And this villain nobody liked, <laughs> and he. Seems like an actual magician. Like that's that's the vibe he gives off. Not like a creepy unsub. Yeah. The actor seems like he would be on Penn and Teller fool us. <laughs> okay, moving on because yeah. otherwise we'll talk about this forever. Uh, yeah, I could talk about so much Criminal Minds bullshit. Um, this is our FAQ questions. What does the often used phrase unsub stand for? So, I believe this is unidentified subject. Unknown subject. Unknown subject. Okay. So I'm kind of right. Yeah, I'll give you a half point for that. <laughs> oh, cool. Half point. Um, uh, Yeah, I think I should be tracking. Mm-hmm. Kira, get on it. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, for some reason in my head, uh, the, with, with unsub, what pops into my head now is involuntary subject. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not even a word. In sub. In sub. <laughs> Um, my next question is, what happened to L. Greenway? L. Greenway. Now, this is a this test is one of the, for you to see the, if you can figure out who L. Greenway the, is. I'm going to guess she's the first brunette lady who kills a person and gets fired, right? You're correct, more yeah. or less. Um, she is the very first random brunette lady. Um, is she the actress? Is that the actress or the no, character? No, that's the character's okay. name. Uh, so. She kills a serial rapist at the end of the first season, yep. and then she gets away with it. Yeah, there are, like, does. no witnesses, and she claims self-defense. Um... And then quits. Okay, she quits. I yeah, thought she does not get fired. She quits. Okay, I thought I thought that they were able to fire her for some reason. Next question. So you get a point for that. So you're okay. at one and a half points. Awesome. Cure right down. <laughs> uh, why is Reed's mother in a sanitarium? Um, she has schizophrenia. You're correct. But also, I thought this question was really funny because it's like a sanitarium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Does it does exist. <laughs> Not usually. I uh, mean, I think she's technically in assisted living. Uh, I don't. I don't know the timeline on that. Um, I don't quite remember the whole deal. Oh yeah, two point five points. Um, and my favorite question. Whereas I really like this show, why does Derek Morgan have to be such a dickhead and act like he's better than everyone else in the team? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, because he honestly, going back to an episode or two that we watched, like has some spectrum vibes <laughs> just a little bit except like he's very he's very social and horny <laughs> um and so he'll just miss social cues that don't have to do with sex <laughs> um so i'm gonna go with the sex dirt bag um the question was actually unanswered this was a trick question oh okay cool <laughs> but- well i i answered it <laughs> yeah actually i it's funny i think the episodes we rewatched just happened to be ones where Derek Morgan. Yeah, he's played remember. by Shamar Moore, which is being kind of a weirdo. I don't remember. Him I don't remember so him being like uncomfortable. I do remember him, remember when Aisha Tyler uh, shows up. It sort it's sort of like, oh, cool, we have two black characters now, so they can play off each other, right? Yeah. And it's like you don't need to do that, <laughs> but I guess, and they did in the episode that we watched. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't actually, I think that that's a really weird uh, FAQ question yeah. because I don't think that he's really a dickhead or anything. No. It's, I, yeah. I mean, he's he and Penelope have a weird, like, completely inappropriate work relationship. <laughs> not yeah. not like a literal work relationship, but like constantly flirting with each other, which has just got to be a little uncomfortable for the rest of the BAU, you know? Yeah. But apparently that's also what they're like in real life. Mm. 
Interesting. According to my research, is that they also like flirt with each other. According to my research, the Penelope Garcia and Shamar Moore are quite intertwined. Wow, I think I'm going to remove a point for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, can I have a point for answering the question successfully that went unanswered? Yeah, okay, so that's so, one so and a half zero. Cool, two and a half points. But I think you you are required to put that answer in the IMD page. I will not be making an, an IMDb account to do that. I'm sorry. I guess you don't really want the point then. <laughs> Fine. I'll do it. I'll I'll engage in the in the platform that I hate the most. No, please don't. Uh, <laughs> in fact, if I find out that anyone who listens to this podcast has an active IMDb account, um, you're banned from listening. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're not allowed to. Sorry, you're, you can't be trusted. <laughs> you can't be trusted. We're, we're all anti-IMDb here. And if you're pro-IMDb, you need to get out of here. Exactly. TMDB all the way. Okay, let's actually talk about the episodes we watched. Odd, yeah. Jesus. Okay. Um, does it make sense to start with evolution or to talk about what the show used to be like and then talk about it? I think it's worth talking about the show, what the show used to be like. I'll, I'll throw out here, Daphne picked for the other two, the normal series episodes that we watched, season 11, episode 8, and season 11, episode 11. I can't do anything about the fact that they... <laughs> We're the top and bottom. I started doing the research for this. They There were same ratings on IMDb. You could have picked different ones that had the same top or bottom rating. Well, okay. I will say that I was skewed slightly in that I chose ones that I actually wanted to rewatch. <laughs> uh, and so, like, the top one was, like, Aaron Hotchner's wife getting murdered, which is, like, boring. Or yeah, that's fair. this one with Aubrey Plaza, um, which I didn't remember, but I thought... I remember it being like kind of interesting and cool. Uh, and then the ones at the bottom, I was like, I remember some of them being just duds, right? And I was like, oh, I don't remember this one. Let's watch this one. Yeah. I do remember the bottom episode. <laughs> it's not let's, that bad. Let's talk about it. Season 11, episode 8. <laughs> really getting me by having both the word, the English language is getting me by having the word 11 and the word episode both begin with the same letter. <laughs> um. So this in this episode, we follow... Uh, a, a couple victims who are being kept awake and tortured by an unsub. The unsub is played by uh, I can't remember Lane's husband slash boyfriend from Gilmore Girls, so I can't see anything else in that. Um, this episode is the one that kind of evoked Saw vibes because of the victims repeatedly dreaming and hallucinating themselves escaping or. You know, their family members rescuing them or whatnot. Yeah, um, and they were chained up in a shop. chained up in a in a um junkyard office. Yeah, like li- the literal opening scene to saw vibes. Yep. So in this episode we have uh with the with the BAU, Garcia goes into witness protection to hide from the hitman squad that's coming to get her. Um Hoshner was still around, which was surprising to me. I vaguely remembered him being already gone by the time this season happened, but it must have been the next season. Um, the color grading was frightening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was... This is not a show that you can watch with any windows. Yeah, in your house, uh, you have to pull all the blinds because otherwise you will not be yeah. able to see anything. Evolution was was worse on that. I'll I'll mention that when we get to that. But um, but it was very dark. <laughs> um, do 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 do. They also they like to do this thing where where they're essentially talk all talking to each other slash themselves where they're all saying the same thing and they both, they all seem to know it, but it's like an exposition device for the audience. It's pretty fun. Honestly, it's pretty funny. It's mostly funny in this. I mean, it happens in pretty much every procedural, but in this one, they're not really solving anything by having the discussion. They all seem to know all of that information. They're just like discussing it for the audience's benefit. Right. I love it. Honestly. I mean, it's, it's funny. Um, but back to the unsub. Essentially, the guy is kidnapping people off of I-10 near Phoenix. He seems to be targeting men at a, like in the middle of the night. And he's kidnapping them because he previously... Like a week ago. What? Oh, like uh, several months ago. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was several months ago and then... Yeah. So he, uh, he pulled over to a rest stop along I-10, taking his daughter back from a dance recital. Uh, because he, it was very late, he'd worked a double shift, and he fell asleep at the wheel. And then, when he woke up, his daughter wasn't there, and he believes he saw a man with a skull tattoo on his hand knock on his door while he was falling asleep. And then his daughter uh, winds up 
uh, dead in the desert of exposure, I have to presume, because the police don't seem to think there's any foul play involved. Uh, and he has a mental break and forgets this and starts kidnapping men from that rest stop on I-10 and believing they're the person that took his daughter and torturing them for information. Now, the weird part there is that the man with the skull tattoo does exist. Yeah, which they reveal at the end of the episode. The very end of the episode. And I looked it up. They never touch it again. No, they do not. Maybe in Criminal Minds Evolution Season 2, we'll finally come back to it. Yeah, really. That would be one, that would be nice. I mean, not nice. Child murderer. But uh, very weird. Very very uncomfortable. A very bleak episode. Very bleak episode, yeah. At the end... Um, he tries to flee after they rescue the potential third victim and then they shoot him and he dies. Yeah. And he's like, look, he's in a tow truck. Okay. Yeah. But he's like in a stationary tow truck and he starts backing up slowly. Yeah. And essentially the only. Re- he's already surrounded by police. Yes. Yeah, so it, it, had he backed up, he would have hit Aisha Tyler's character. However, you know. She could have just moved. <laughs> so JJ or Aisha, I, either one shoots him. Yeah. They both. Yeah. And then he's. Just dies. And you're like, like, okay, but were you really in danger? Yeah. And he had no beef with the cops either. Because like in his mind, he was essentially doing- He was trying to leave to go continue interrogating people. Because he thought, in his mind, he was like part of the investigation, right? Yeah. Like he was gathering information to give to the police. Um, What he was really doing was killing innocent men. Yeah. But it was, so I would say that this wasn't a bad episode. I wouldn't say that it wasn't a- um, unrepresentative episode um i would say that i'd guess it's rated so low because it's so freaking bleak yeah and difficult to watch well that's what that's what i was thinking is that honestly the worst part of this episode for me was right at the end with the skull tattoo guy being real (laughs) it just seemed purposeless and unnecessarily depressing and then to (laughs) never follow up on it is like okay maybe this episode does deserve to be just down there right yeah and uh it's just very sad yeah this guy loses his daughter and then has a mental break. And then, like, you see way too much torture. Yeah. Stapling people's eyes open. Oof. Yeah, with a staple gun. Oh, God. You don't actually see that. But like, you do see way too much of it. <laughs> way too much of the lead up to, to it. Yeah, some things could be better done with suggesting them rather than sh- all but showing them, right? Yeah. Anyway. Now, there's there are four important things you need to know about Criminal Minds. One. Oh, okay. Uh, it has a starting quote, two and oh, yes. an ending quote, and then you have uh, usually the two catchphrases: "Wheels up in 30. Yeah, "Wheels and, up in twenty. Oh, sorry, you're right. "Wheels up in twenty. And then also, I think I think the number changes. <laughs> we need to deliver the profile. Yes, which so, is always delivered dramatically after some piece of after some piece of evidence is uncovered. Someone will yeah. like dramatically walk out of the room and go we need to deliver we're the ready profile. to deliver the profile which they do to the police or sometimes the press even to it's always great help the because the idea is that they're profiling this person to try to catch them and usually they do that they're able to do that versus like oh we found this guy's phone records and he you know made a bunch of calls to this place where the bomb went off right um usually it's it's more of a oh this guy oh this person with the whose foster father abused them and burned down their high school or whatever, right? <laughs> it's continuing the trend. And it's like, we need to deliver the profile. Wheels Up in 20 usually comes after the group think, as I wrote down, <laughs> the, uh, the sessions of bouncing things around the first time in terms of the unsub or just talking about details. And it's it was usually delivered by Hodgner. I don't really know. I, I assume... I think Rossi Pre- I think Prentice probably does it because oh, she yeah. sort of fills... Hoshner's role after uh, he gets after he got fired um yeah but good times yeah Um, something that's really really funny about this episode is that the ending quote yes usually usually these are like philosophers historians who get like fucking benjamin franklin quotes nietzsche quotes whatever yeah the ending quote this one was guilt is perhaps the most painful companion of death coco chanel (laughs) (laughs) which is so funny because i remember the like laughing at this when this came out, the Coco Chanel quote just showing up. Um, but I, but just like got blindsided by it. Yeah, it's like we just watched a, an unwell man get, get murdered, murdered by the by police, the police yeah. and then like to reveal that maybe he wasn't as uh, unwell as we thought. And yeah. then you just hit me with a Coco Chanel quote. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> pretty funny. 
So yeah, all in all, <laughs> real depressing episode. Um, but uh, it was it was good. It was all right. Mm-hmm. I definitely think there are worse. Honestly, honestly, I I dislike the the top episode, uh, season eleven, episode eleven, entropy more because of what it meant for the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, the general premise of entropy is that uh, they've been hunting this like ring of um, assassins all season and so they've taken out uh, three of the five and so they are well prior to this episode they had found they had captured one assassin one hitman yeah um, and they were very much setting this up as being like uh, we're gonna have to take these guys down one by one right um, and these are the same hitman that I mentioned previously targeting Garcia and the uh, tech expert when she had to go into hiding during the course of this episode, which is a mid-season episode, mm-hmm. the Hitman ring is no more. <laughs> they all get they all get captured or killed. <laughs> yeah, so like it, the abruptly. Setup, yeah, yeah. The setup is really good. Actually, it's like really fun and interesting. In that the it opens up and it's Matthew Gay Goobler's character, um, Doctor Spencer Reed, um, who is on a date with a woman who's Aubrey Plaza. And we're not given any context for it. We're just kind of dropped in there. So it's not abnormal for there to be weird interpersonal stuff, especially given that Matthew Matthew Gig. Uh, the Goobles. Especially given that the Google Spencer Reed, uh, had been absent. He took took a quick hiatus from the show, so his actor was gone. And it, the reason was not clear. They said that, they, that he went to go see his mother in, in canon. Um, but the reason was not clear what he was actually doing. Um, and it's actually it's revealed during this episode that she has early onset dementia, probably Alzheimer's. Um, yeah. And so the whole setup is that like, oh, sponsor's going on a date. How yeah. nice. This is fun. <laughs> this is sexy. And then he starts talking about uh, or she asks him about his wife and it becomes clear that Spencer does not have a wife, uh, as the audience knows. And it becomes clear that he's lying to her. And the transaction that they lured this hitman, that the, the woman is, in fact, one of the hitmen, Aubrey Plaza's character, and she was lured here with the con- with a concoction of a man trying to have his pregnant wife killed, which they had profiled her. She has previously taken money from two cl- such clients and then killed them instead of, you know, their wife and children. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yep. And so the whole thing is like, as this standoff, right? Because right away she's like, "Oh, I know this is a setup." Yeah, you know, we all know this is a setup. Uh, and then like, there's a, she, her other assassin friend pointed a bomb under the building, yeah. and so it's like a pretty tense, interesting, like mind game uh, type episode where they're like, there's 30 minutes where they play this game where they're gonna, uh, she gets to ask Spencer Reed all these questions, and if he doesn't answer truthfully, then um, she will blow walk up the building away. or walk away or shoot people or whatever. And, um, but if he does, then maybe she'll let him, like, take her in. Yeah. And so it's it's really interesting, really interesting setup. And it kind of ends with uh, the team, after a lot of drama, right, um, and suspense, lying to her and telling her, using the profile to manipulate her and telling her that they have her, like, abusive father. Like, they found him. Yeah. And that they have him. And if she just comes in... Then um, she can testify against him in court. Yeah, she can testify against him for murdering her mother. But if she doesn't come in or she like, you know, pulls a suicide by cop, then um, he'll be free. He'll be free forever. Which you know is interesting and so whatever. Um, the and, and and then they're lying to her and they don't have her the, or have him and then they just arrest her. <laughs> yeah, which is very emotionally. There's a lot going on emotionally yeah. for. Um, Matthew Gay Kubler's character in this, and like part of that is like he genuinely feels bad about lying to this woman. Yeah. Um, there are two major issues with this episode from my perspective. One is that this Hitman Cabal was set up to be like a full season, possibly more than that. Uh, and then, and then once they sent Garcia into uh, exile slash witness protection, they kind of gave themselves a clock of having to get her back. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, oh, people don't like it when she's not in here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, did, I mean, it doesn't even come into that because production's so far ahead of release, right? 
but they just essentially back themselves into a narrative corner where they can't excuse her coming back before they're all taken care of. So through the course of this one episode, these four remaining villains are all taken care of, and two of them unceremoniously are told to Aubrey Plaza's character from Spencer's perspective, like how they already captured or they already they already took care of these two, right? And they they super died by cop. <laughs> uh, one actually one of them, the the poisoner or whatever his name is. Uh, injects himself before they can take him, which is seems weird for a hitman to do, but I don't know. Um, another th- another big problem I have with, other than just kind of ending this narrative thing they were setting up for all season, and a little bit before that even, I think, is that it doesn't make any sense for Aubrey Plaza's character to show up here. <laughs> it's like, I don't... Surely as a hitman, you're identity being secret is extremely important to you <laughs> and you're essentially giving up all pretense of that as soon as you walk through those doors right um i don't know yeah and then the worst stuff is that uh i thought this episode was good i thought that the writing was good and i thought it was interesting a good spin yeah. on the usual formula um but then also like this character comes back yeah she is in prison i think spencer's kind of sort of dating her at one yeah, they kind of have like a weird will they won't they? Yeah, like more than you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and then they have like she frames him for murder and then it's unclear whether she actually sexually assaults him or just makes him think that she did. Um because then she's pregnant and she convinces him that the baby is his because she like drugged him and stole his sperm. Uh and you're like, <sighs> "What the hell is happening?" Like we've all dreamed of Matthew Giggler's sperm, but you know, <laughs> it's just like not. You're like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like any of this. Yeah, no, it's very uncomfortable. And it goes on. It's I think it's like a like three, four episode. It's like a whole season where you're like resolving this, and you're like, I don't like this. <laughs> this is bad. Please stop. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I don't like this episode because it makes it's a good episode and it makes like an entire season bad <laughs> because of how good it is. But now we get to talk about the cool stuff. Yeah, so I will specify that I did cheat in that the true median episode is not season 16, episode one. (gasps) Um, Canceled. Our show, and I don't care. (laughs) Um, But I thought it'd be good to watch at least one episode of um, Evolution since it is like... It's ongoing. One, it's ongoing, and essentially it's a distinct show. Yeah. um, Even though they pretend that it's not. I mean, it's the same characters. It's basically a spinoff, though. It's it's. (laughs) Continue. I can't think of anything that's similar in terms of changing the the um, format and tone as much, right? Uh, because there there really are quite a few bits of the at least in this episode. I don't know. It might not might fizzle out later. Um, there was a lot of setup for an overarching season plot. But anyway, yeah. Let's go ahead and get into it. Um, the first thing that I have about Criminal Minds Evolution is holy crap, it was dark. Uh, really getting the, my money's worth out of the OLED TV we have because I could not see a goddamn thing on the screen early on. <laughs> yeah, I said there was a lot of cinematic bullshit and that it kind yep. of watches like a high quality YouTube video. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we see like two different unsubs doing murders early on and it sort of felt a little bit like a student horror film. Not like a, not necessarily a bad way, but like it's obviously not supposed to pull a lot of focus, but it didn't quite feel right. Yeah, it was like they were trying to be like use artsy cinematography in some places, but it didn't feel quite like it was supposed to because it was like still like TV slightly yeah. shaky cam. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this shot is not like as impactful as you think it is, but like I get where you were going for. And so I just thought it was funny because of like the color grading and the like polished feel, but still like technically seems to have like um, some growth that it could have. Yeah. That's why it reminded me so much of like a really high quality like student film on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so in this episode, I also took note that this is darker than any other episode of television we've watched for procedural veneration. Um, like in tonally and like visually. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very, very bleak <laughs> for, for some and you know, maybe maybe got outshined a little bit by some of the other criminal mind stuff. But generally, this was very gory and intense, right? A lot of bodies. Uh, for the plot of this, you basically we basically have two unsubs that are in question. The main 
story that is actually taken through to its end during this one is the Virginia family annihilator, um, an unsub who's killed an entire family in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. And then he has killed everybody but a teenage daughter and kidnapped the teenage daughter in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, that is sort of the main plot. Rossi is the one working this case when the Bethesda murder slash kidnapping happens. And that's Joe Montaigne. That's Joe Montaigne's character, who is literally Mandy, Mandy Patinkin's replacement as the older uh, senior advisor, basically. Joe Montaigne, Rossi, is all messed up because his wife died. But there's also a lot of COVID references, so it seems like she might have died of COVID, too, which is, uh, you know, always hit, hits a bit of a, a nerve in, in this day and age. Um, and he's all messed up, and he's a bad leader, and he doesn't want help, but he needs it, basically. Yeah, and I will say this is like the lowest point where we've seen a lot of these characters. Yeah, they're all real messed up. All old and sad is what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're all separated. They're all working their own cases, um, including the case that Aisha Tyler has just been assigned to in Washington State, where a shipping container has been unearthed with like 16 bodies in it and a whole bunch of torture devices and whatnot. And these bodies date from like 2005, which we witness. Uh, which we see early on the the opening segment of that unsub doing a murder is actually 2005, like one of his first ones or whatever, um, all the way up to 2020 where this where these bodies are no longer active, um, and the police is very quick to say, oh, it's cartel, you know, finding a bunch of bodies in the shipping container, it's cartel, but the FBI is like, uh, or the BAU I should say, is this seems more serial killer to me. Um, which gets into you know the the jurisdiction debate, <laughs> um, and that's the that's the kind of setup plot. This one isn't really explored in this one, other than it's clear by the end of the episode that the person who who did all of these shipping container murders is responsible for essentially hooking up the guy that did the family annihilation murders. Yeah, um, and is possibly done that to well as we know, done that to a bunch of other people presumably and is probably responsible for every unsub that they're going to tackle this season right and is yeah. a, a, a recurring villain of this recurring villain also is seen seemingly at the end of the episode and delivers the final quote uh, that is normally delivered by one of the team members so that's kind of i kind of like that i thought yeah, it was, I thought that was cool it's cool i don't think they'd done that before having an unsub be kind of a a bit of a profiler himself seemingly right kind of letting him into the narrative the the structure of the show seemed very interesting yeah, for sure. I thought it was yeah. fun. Um, it was very dark. Very dark. Uh, something that I read on the IMDb page was that Criminal Minds Evolution, one, drops F-bombs. Crazy. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, and is a lot more gory and dark than the other seasons. Yeah. Which and it seems like not. they really took like an edgier approach to it. Honestly, watching it reminded me of a like FMV video game almost. Uh Hank called some of the acting MPC level acting. Oh yeah, the 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 non-main characters. There's a part where Rossi is talking to the grandmother or the mother of the um family that the daughter was kidnapped from. And the framing of it makes her look like a oblivion NPC. The script writing makes her sound like an oblivion NPC. The actress's performance makes her sound like an oblivion NPC. It was truly wild to watch. Yeah, and the framing was really funny because it was also like Rossi like standing with his arms at his side and not really moving. Yeah. And then like they kept going back and forth between yeah. the characters. And it was just like it felt like something out of a like LA Noir cutscene yeah. or something. Well, you have you have Powerhouse Joe Montaigne delivering, you know, a character performance. And then you have this lady who you're shooting from Joe Montaigne's height, like down, and like they're standing on a weird slope in the front yard too. So like they're shooting a close up down, and it's just like the framing of this. They did not think this out at all because it's legitimately just like you, he walked up, clicked E on her, and then the camera just went zoop into her face, and she started talking. Right? Yeah, it's Ridiculous. very funny, very much like a video. I liked it because I am like a weird video game person yeah. like that. Um, I thought it was very charming from that perspective, um, but it, it was very funny as well. Yeah. For you, for all of those of you itching to hear about the Virginia Family Annihilator, um, it's a young man who connected with women online or young uh, people his age online who are unhappy with their family life, feeling 
you know, stuck or whatever. And then he fi- somehow finds out their personal information on this ultra secure teen uh, site that Garcia is responsible for, which is how they rope her back into helping. And he finds their information, goes to their houses, kills their family and tries to convince them to or doesn't doesn't try to convince them. He he kidnaps them. he kidnaps them. I think he like tried to convince the girl the first one right and then she said no and then he killed her that's why everybody was dead in the first house and then the second one he learned from his mistakes killed the father immediately and then just kidnapped the girl and didn't like try to convince her to come with him very very dark uh kind of messed up i whenever the unsub is young it always feels worse you know <laughs> yeah and um, when like the victims are like whole families or families yeah it's it's dark um yeah but the whole idea is that like he was treated poorly by his foster family and like his parents like died young because they both overdosed and then yeah um and so he's like trying to like have friends and and, have friends yeah um start his own family by killing someone's whole family and then kidnapping them (laughs) like his aspirations are essentially to fulfill their aspirations right (laughs) yeah and he took like she had said that she like really wanted to move to california but like her parents are so clingy yeah. So they wouldn't allow it. And he was like, oh, I can fix that for you. Kills her parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, also, at one point, they say he's evolving <laughs> about this unsub. because very funny. Because he kidnapped the girl the second time instead of killing her. Very funny. Roll credits moment. Name of the freaking show. Um, which is also when... <laughs> When Rossi was like losing his mind because his whole arc was having to relearn that he needs people's help, uh, I just leaned over to Daphne and said, "He's evolving." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So overall, I think we're probably gonna actually continue watching Evolution. Yeah. yeah. Uh, See what honestly, happens. I'm very curious. This they they re- they did a good. Ho- it was a good hook. I don't know. It's very interesting. At the end, the the way that they connect the the dots is that the unsub from Virginia has a kit that matches kits that were set up in the shipping container and so now they're like oh crap this this seems to be they they keep talking about how it's like almost like this kid read a how-to guide right they they reference that motif a lot um and at the same time rossi is also has profiled this the unsub to be like 40 something and so he says that there's no way that it's a kid even though he could only be a kid if they used garcia's kid website to yeah, her super secure kid website yeah super secure kid website that is apparently not very secure or super um <laughs> sorry sorry garcia um yeah i think my one last shout out about criminal minds as a whole is that we have to mention that adam rodriguez who is also in csi yes is now this is our um, our first actor continuity yeah is our recurring character well he's not he is a main cast member on um criminal minds and so yeah. plays Luke Alves and I just wanted to, we had to shout that out that you know we've seen Adam Rodriguez before yeah and I think criminal minds looks way better on him. I I agree I don't think I I, I think his his place is he was Shamar Moore's replacement after Shamar Moore left um so the the team hunk basically <laughs> um yeah so so he, he does well I, I like him a lot um I I don't often feel the the lack of Shamar Moore when he's around so you know the another thing I had about this episode is the unsub looked like Jimmy Neutron mixed with the new Gollum game, <laughs> yeah, uh, which is pretty accurate from what I could tell. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that guy. If that's just how you look, yeah. Sorry. I mean, they they always make them look a little bit more sickly. It's people not taking care of themselves. Anyway, okay. Let's move on to our last game. I think final game. So I've entitled this game "Save the Children." Oh no. So um, IMDb has this nice parents guide feature ah, in which um it has a couple categories which is sex and nudity violence and gore profanity alcohol drugs and smoking frightening and intense scenes uh yeah those are the, those are the categories okay and each one is rated none mild moderate and severe okay and so i would like to i'm going to read you some of the user submitted descriptions of why they rated this the way they did. Okay, and I have to guess the the tag rating then. Yeah, what the overall tag rating. Okay. Um, so we can start at sex and nudity. Okay. Um, some crimes involves spelled wrong sexuality such as necrophilia and pedophilia. Moderate. This is mild. Jesus, because the tone was mild. But the content is definitely moderate. <laughs> no. 
Ow. <laughs> now, I will say there's only three things in this section. The other being only three. There's like tons of sexual assault in this show. <laughs> One says the other says some sexual violence. And then the other says some episodes revolve around a serial killer killing prostitutes. Are these all mild? Uh, So they don't group it like that. Oh, OK. So they just have. These. Oh, I see. I see the the ratings derive the, the thing. Is that what you're saying? So someone submits just comments, yeah. and then people vote on. on so, so there's one def- definition that is mild for sexuality, right? Yeah, so there's okay. a single there's mild. A, there's a group think agreed yeah. upon. Mild. Mild. Mm-hmm. But okay. yeah, I think it's funny. There's no talk about like anything else. It just says like, yeah. uh, sometimes a serial killer kills prostitutes. And it's yeah. like, huh, interesting. <laughs> hmm. Frequently, frequently, so frequently, the behavior of the unsub is driven by sexual desire. Yeah, they literally say that every single episode. Like that's they always say he, the question is, are they doing this to get off? It's not right? even that. It's like, in what part of this is the unsub getting sexual gratification? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, the question it's, that's not, it's not always a literal, like, it's from a high-level psychology point, right? That's It's not like literally what... The unsub is aware of doing this for gratification. Or yeah, but they do talk about sexual gratification every oh, single episode. Yeah. And I mean, if you have Matthew Gay Goobler, you got to give it a moderate. <laughs> okay, violence and gore. Okay. One killer keeps the entrails of his victims preserved in jars. We see jars with hearts and such in them with graphic detail. I mean, violence and gore in this is is definitely borderline severe. But I'm going to say moderate. It is moderate. Okay, cool. Hell yeah, Rook. <laughs> Another one in this category says, one killer cuts the faces off his victims. We see the faces of the victims yeah, in the killer's house in strong gory graphic detail. Yep. Yeah. We do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how objective these are all written. Yeah. Profanity. Oof. Okay, well, I don't know how, how uh, with it, because you mentioned that Criminal Minds Evolution ups ups the ante we're not we're not prime time anymore baby this is after 10 or whatever you have to be to get away with it yeah it says again i can read you the only two things in here which is there are a few uses of damn ass and it's derivative asshole and shit uh, sorry is it calling shit a derivative of asshole no it's oh, just okay. saying ass and is derivative and then saying asshole is another <laughs> word <laughs> but but uh, but uh, whatever and anyway. then the last one is uh season 16 criminal minds evolution so frequent uses the word fuck in its extensions. These words weren't used at all during the first fifty. This is seasons. this is definitely the the most objective out of all or subjective out of all of these that we've seen. Um, I'm gonna go mild. Mild. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think enough people have been been hammering that f bomb button uh, since evolution <laughs> came out to up it. So alcohol, drugs, and smoking. You can assume for a few episodes, Spencer is a drug addict. Yeah. Then at a support meeting, he says he's 10 months clean. That negates it. You have to watch both the episodes, though. Otherwise, it is a severe rating. I'm I'm so I'm tempted from what I've seen to say moderate. However, I don't think that's the way the Internet works. And I think the Internet put mild. It is mild. Hell yeah. Is that three, baby? Yeah, I think that that is a three pointer. And then the other things on here say some killers are drug addicts. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) I'm making off. This episode with a cool 5.5 points. Frightening and intense scenes. Oh, I'm whoops. <laughs> Forgot there was another category. Yeah, sorry. Frightening and intense scenes. I mean, like I said, this show is a constant. In the season 12 finale, Reed suddenly holds a woman against a wall and begins choking her. Rather frightening since Reed is known to keep his cool. Nobody cares when they're reading the parental guide. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, why, why, why do they need to... I mean, it's it's severe. Straight up, it should be severe. I think it's moderate, though. It is moderate. Yeah, because I think people are like, oh, it's, well, it's not Saw. It's like, it's still like it is, it's graphic can and be saw. gratuitous, and it can just be Saw. I've seen the Brad Dourif episode. Yeah. This is one of the most suspenseful, intense, violent shows ever on TV. Absolutely. Moderate. I don't know. I would say that there's probably. I think that as I, I mean, far as like prime. I don't. I don't know. Prime time. I don't actually know what prime time television means, other than its time slots. I don't know what those time slots are. I think it's just like after work before ten. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but, I think. So full disclosure, I think this is technically prime time television. Probably the most violent, intense, suspenseful show that you'll yeah. see on CBS for sure. Yeah. Well, so like shows that that 
that are like of an equivalent level of disturbing to me are like the walking dead and yeah. that's just more gory it's like i would agree it's less r- realism though so it's like slightly less disturbing but the gore is up there so it gets a little grosser right compared to criminal minds where it's more realistic more disturbing but a little less gory right yeah, though I think that they keep it playful enough in terms of how silly or like over the top some yeah. of the stuff is that it's like it's fine in the realism category. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not like SVU where it's like, oh yeah, you could just like your friend could just come down the street and <laughs> kidnap your daughter. Oh yeah, Bob Saget put a tracker in his wife and now she's dying. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, I would agree that Walking Dead is a good like touchstone. I think that it's less intense than Walking Dead. But I agree that like if you can stomach Walking Dead, you can stomach Criminal Minds. Yeah, I like how we're 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 setting the bar at two shows we've watched a lot with our friend Emmett. <laughs> yeah, Emmett. I think there's a little more neural pathway connection going on between these two shows than just I think these are similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that was my final game. Um, I hope you liked it. Okay. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, should we loop back around to ratings then? Yes. So because we mentioned, I think you, you've tricked me and I don't think this was intentional, but I think subconsciously you got in there and you were like, Hank, if I, if I make us talk about evolution last, then he's going to be more prone to rate it higher because he's going to want to go watch another episode of Criminal Minds Evolution. And I do want to go watch another episode of Criminal Minds Evolution. So my rating has jumped to an 8.4. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think out of all the shows we watched so far, this is the only one where I'm like, let's go watch some more. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, uh, 8.4, are we happy with that then? Yeah, I will say, didn't we rate the closer 8.4 and then also Murder, She Wrote 8.4? I feel uh, like we should bump it up to an 8.5 since we have no desire to watch more of the closer, but definitely have desire to watch more Criminal Minds. Yeah, I, that totally. Yeah, 8.5. Um, let's do 9.9. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? The system doesn't matter. It's made up. It's made up. No, 8.5. 8.5. Right. 8.5, in all, in all honesty. That's our final. I'll write it down. Uh, 8.5, underline it. Uh, and let us go ahead and conclude this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, next episode, what are we looking at? Yeah, next episode, I don't know what we're looking at. Looking at Criminal Minds. Oh crap! Beyond Borders? Are we doing Beyond Borders? I think yeah. Yeah, we're doing we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's it's spinoff time, baby. Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. And actually, next week, we're going to do a wrap-up of Criminal Minds Evolution. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening again. Um, we'll oh, catch you next time. Big reminder, Criminal yeah. Minds Beyond Borders does start Gary Sinise. It does have Gary Sinise. So yeah, we so. really need to... The, the Mandy-Gary war needs to come to an end, and we need to make our make up our goddamn minds. Exactly. So, All so right. be here next episode when we make up our goddamn minds about who we're standing, Mandy Patinkin or Gary Sinise. Sounds like a plan. All right. See you then. Procedural generation. been procedural veneration thank you for listening you can find us on instagram at procedural.veneration or check out our other random projects at www.dank.pizza and finally a thank you to jacob pertulis for our wonderful theme song see you next time